Thank you guys so much for listening to the Family Worship Center podcast. This podcast is our weekly messages that happen at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. every Sunday here at Family Worship Center. Don't forget to check out our website at myfwc.tv and follow us on all social media. If one of these messages touched you in some way, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us on our website or on any of our social media pages. Simply put, we exist to partner with God in changing the quality of families' lives. We hope you enjoy this message. I spent, between first and second service, I spent time looking at some old photographs. Some of them are 20, 25 years old, and they're all in here. They're all in the sanctuary. Baptism photographs. I I saw some of people that I've known all my life being baptized. I saw pictures of like Dylan and Cody when they were little. And uh, you think they're pistols now to handle. Y'all have seen them when they were little. It took a village and a church in Jesus. And uh, I saw different ones who've gone on to be with Jesus, you know, in heaven. I saw people who have been such a blessing here. And one thing was consistent with all of those years and those photographs was we always stood on the Word of God and the power of God. We're always going to teach and preach and declare what God says about you and me. We're always going to declare that God is everything we need. Every answer we have in our life today, God has every situation, the answer is awaiting us in the Word. Now, He's not going to tell us, He's not going to spell out who we're supposed to marry, what kind of car we're supposed to buy, what kind of house we either buy or rent or lease. He's not going to tell us those things, but He's going to tell us that we can be led by the Spirit of God where there's peace. And where there's peace, there's simplicity. Guys, we live in a complex world. It's very complex now. And and we need to really focus on the priorities of seek ye first the kingdom of God. Well, if you seek the kingdom, you've got to seek the king. I mean, say amen. And if we belong to the king, we live in this kingdom, and we've been translated out of darkness into his marvelous light, and we have so much hope. And if we would... If we could get up every morning and just to get excited about the hope for that day. And that hope for that day is going to have answers to our individual lives and answers to us as corporate, as a family of believers. So I'm excited about today. I'm excited every time we water baptize people. I'm excited that we're following God. People, you know, again, there's three baptisms. Baptism in the body of Christ when you're born again, translated out of darkness into His light. Baptism of water. As a representation following Jesus, we go down in death to our sins. We come up renewed and refreshed and brand new. And then the baptism of the Holy Ghost where Jesus didn't suggest it. He commanded, go to Jerusalem, wait for the enduing of power. My Father's going to send it. I'm making sure you're baptized in the person and in the power of the Holy Spirit. And that is to be witnesses and that is to release our walk, our faith walk that... that illuminates in a dark world a way to follow Jesus. So I'm excited. But, you know, we've been talking, if you turn to Philippians chapter 4, we've been talking about getting your head on straight. How many's ever had somebody slap you on the back of the head and say, stop that, think straight? How many's ever had somebody tell you, get your head on straight? How many's ever had somebody tell you, get your head right? And that's what we're talking about today. The Bible teaches us that we're a three-part being. 1 Thessalonians 5 talks about we're a spirit, we have a soul, and we live in a body. The Bible says that we can live holy unto God with all three. That I can present my body, according to Romans chapter 12, 
verse 1 and 2, I can present my body, you can, holy unto the Lord. Doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. Doesn't mean we're always going to do everything right. But it says we can present our bodies to the Lord holy. But we can't do that if we don't renew our mind. The soulical realm, the soul. The soul and the spirit are different. The spirit is what we're made in the image of God. God is a spirit. He is, he is a spirit being. He created us as a spirit being. But he had to have a container. So he made a body. The first body he made out of the dirt. He made Adam out of the dirt. So whenever we get to thinking more highly of ourselves, we could just actually look in the mirror and say, without God, you're just an old dirt bag. I mean, say amen. Because our bodies are going to decompose and go back into the earth. Um, that's what the original thing is. Well, now we have all kinds of things with, you know, embalming and, and so forth. And so when you really think about embalming, that was an Egyptian cultural thing that passed over to the Hebrews. And Jesus just wasn't wrapped with some uh, gauze cloth. He was wrapped. He was wrapped individually. His body, his fingers were wrapped. And they, didn't, they were coming back to put the stuff on it to harden it. That's what they were doing. They were coming back to anoint with spikered oils, all kinds of stuff to harden that thing. And those things became cocoons. That's why Lazarus, when Jesus said, Come forth, Lazarus! He had been put in one of those things, and he'd become a cocoon. His, his shell, his body was in shell in that. So he hopped out. That's why Jesus said, Loose him and let him go. You can be born again, you can be on your way to heaven, but need to be loosed and let go. And that comes with your soul. That's renewing our mind. Thinking straight. Because if I think straight, I'm going to start talking straight. If I talk straight, I'm going to start walking straight. And if I walk straight, I'm going to finish the destiny God has for me in this earth. But there's a lot of Christians that need to be loosed. We always need to be loosed the way we're thinking. Somebody might have smacked you on the head with words and said, you'll never amount to much. You're going to be the last in your class. You're too fat. You're too skinny. You're too ugly. You're the wrong color. You failed too many times. Somebody might have bruised your brain with words, and you have to take the word of God and salve that and get that out of your mind. You've got to see what God says about you. You're the head and not the tail. That God's got a destiny for you. You don't want to settle for the acceptable will of God. You don't want to settle for the good will of God. You want to settle for the perfect will of God. That you're on this earth completing and living in your sweet spot. Living in that gifts and talents and abilities that God's put in you that you can hit the ball every time you're at the plate. And then when you don't hit it well, it's a foul tip. It's not going to be an out. It's not over. There's seasons. We get ahead of seasons. I mean, God's been dealing with me, but just figure out what season it is. Hear me and follow my instruction in this season. I mean, Brooke and I are rediscovering... We're, I'm actually married to a very beautiful, wonderful woman. How many say amen? But raising those two kids, my God, it was hard on her. I'm not comparing Brooke to a sow, but when a sow raises a great litter of pigs, they look tired at the end. How many say amen? But now it's just me and Brooke. And you know what? I'm finding out that I missed some stuff in the front end of this thing of just understanding who my wife was and what she meant to me and and the blessings in her life, and the gifts. And I'm telling you, if you want to have church tonight, come to church. What time does it start tonight? Seven? Seven? Come to church tonight. We do this quarterly. We call it Flow with Brooke, Flow with Pastor Brooke. We're just going to worship the Lord, wait on the Lord, follow the Holy Ghost. We're going to have a good time. If you need a refreshing, if you need just an encouragement beyond today, come on back tonight. You'll be blessed. How many has ever been to one of those meetings been blessed? I promise you, you'll be blessed. You'll be encouraged. You, you'll, you'll hear from God. 
Sometimes we just get so far ahead of God. He's a good God. He will hold no good thing from his children. But, you know, I was thinking the other day, and I, I was reading the Word, and I was listening to somebody, and they were talking about it. You know, the rich, um, the prodigal son, his dad was loaded. His dad was loaded. Our dad's loaded. Our father's loaded. I don't know about your personal father on this earth. I'm talking about your spiritual father. We've got to separate spiritual things from natural things. And you know what? That son, that prodigal son, had every right for an inheritance, but he was one season off. He went and asked his daddy. He said, Daddy, I want it now. You know, sometimes we want stuff now. We're not ready for it. How many say amen? Sometimes we're ahead of the season. We're one season ahead. One season ahead. Sometimes God puts something in our heart, and we're supposed to go after it. And there's a freedom. There's a green light. I'll tell you one thing. I found out when you get older... I'm speaking to the males in here. When you get older, how many knows when it's time for you to go to the bathroom, you, you don't have a yellow light anymore. It's red or green. How many say amen? amen. Well, for anybody that's not old yet, I'm just telling you ahead of time, pray over that thing. Amen. Because <laughs> you just don't quite have the, the, the timing that used to be, ah, I got 45 minutes or an iron. Ding, 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 ding. Anyway, all right, hallelujah. The thing is that sometimes we get ahead of our season, so the inheritance was going to be his, he demanded it too early. Sometimes you can demand of God things you think you're ready for and you're not quite ready for it. That's why in, in all athletic activities, there's, there's a time called the weight room, W-E-I-G-H-T, where you go in and lift weights. According to the type of sport you're in will be the different types and areas of exercise you are involved with free weights and machines. And that is to prepare you for the season to come or the, season, or the session to come, or whatever you're doing. And you, you work out your upper body, your lower body, you work out all kinds of things, you have cardios, you do all kinds of stuff. But I'm telling you, helping with football for a few years and watching in February, watch kids skip, watch kids skip the weight room in February before the season starts, and then pull and ask something to happen in August, September, October, November that they didn't have it in them. It wasn't there because it wasn't put in ahead of time. And there's a weight room. There's a, there, there's a preparation time. And when other people are doing this or that, and you feel like, why do I have to do this? Why do I have to do that? Why do I get to do this? There's a wait time. And all of those who paid the price for that weight room were ready for August, September, October, November. And if you're really, really good, you got to play in November in the playoffs. But you know what? We have a weight room like that too, but it's not spelt that way. It's not spelt W. E-I-G-H-T, it's spelled W-A-I-T. And the Bible says those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They'll mount up with you know, wings as eagles. They'll run and not be weary. They'll walk and not faint. There's a waiting period. There's a waiting time. And it's a time of not punishment. It's a time of endurance. It's a time of growth. It's a time of trust. It's a time of prioritizing where we just run right back into the lap of our Father and climb up there and say, you know what, Daddy? I'm not sure what I'm supposed to do right now, but I'm sure through you and my Lord and Savior Jesus and the Holy Spirit, you're going to help me understand what season's ahead for me. Help me finish this season so I can step into that next one in good shape. A lot of times we run out of a season and we don't finish it well. So it leaves a bad taste in our mouth and people's mouths. And we don't finish well. God wants you to finish like synchronization of gears. He wants you to shift from one to two and be smooth. Two to three and be smooth. Three to four and be smooth. How many grew up shifting gears manually in a car or truck? Raise your hand. How many learned it, did, it didn't come natural just to shift correctly? How many could say amen? You, there's a timing to it. 
There, there is a method to it. There's a, there's a cycle to shifting. My cousin Logan, who was more like a brother than a cousin, you know, I have, I have my brother Dooley and my sister Shauna, but all of us cousins grew up as brothers and sisters. And, and um, they, my cousin Logan and, and, and Pee Wee and, and now Dooley and Chris Allen, they trucks, trucks, drove trucks, farmed with trucks, backed up into hauling stuff and got into a business doing trucks. Well, I kept saying, I want to drive, I want to drive, I want to drive. You know, when you're ready, when you think you're ready for something, you're always chirping. How many say amen? I want to do this, I want to do that, I want to do this, I want to do that. So one time, at the marathon, Chevron Station out here, Logan said, today's your day. And he had a Peterbilt, he said, get over here, you're going to drive. I'm so excited, I'm a grown man, I'm in my 20s. And I'm so excited that somebody's going to let me drive a big truck. Man, I got in there and I looked at my mirrors and did all the stuff big truckers do, you know. Tooted my horn a couple times and he just looked at me like, my God, I'm kin to him. But anyway... So we took off. Very roughly did we take off. I had never pushed my foot on a truck of a diesel truck, my foot on the clutch of a diesel truck before. I never. I thought, this is weird. This doesn't feel like anything like a pickup, anything like a car, and especially a tractor. So we go down through there, and I take off real rough and almost slam his head to the windshield twice. And he says, now, shift. So I jam that clutch all the way up to the floorboard, and, and he said, no, no, don't push in your clutch. Well, that throwed me off kilter. Because everything I'd ever driven before, you've got to push in the clutch to go from one place to the next, from one gear to the next. He, he goes, feather it. Well, when he said feather, I was already mad and upset. All I could think about was KFC. How many say amen? I was thinking of chicken. I was thinking we just left the chicken place. And my God, he said, feather it. Use your throttle to feather it. I don't know what he's talking about. I've never paid any attention. I wasn't ready for that season of my life. So jerking back and forth between here and the exit into Worthville, in, entrance into Worthville, he said, stop. He said, please, for God's sake, stop. Can you stop? I said, I can stop. I mean, I jerked and ground and pounded and beat and, and just you know, thought I was ready for a place I wasn't ready for. And, and, and I finally pulled over on the side of the road. And how, how many remembers my cousin Logan? If there ever was anybody... In, in, displayed the love of God, it was him. He walked in love, he just walked in forgiveness, he just full of mercy and always had something good to uplift you and encourage you. He wasn't perfect, but I'm telling you, he walked in love, and you, you can attest to that. He met me at the front of the truck. Now the truck seems to be hot, it's not, but I'm hot, I'm sweating. It was in summer. And uh, uh, he met me at the front of the hood of the truck, and he hugged me. And he always, he said, I have to call you three things, either call you pastor, call you bub, or I call you Pat, said, I'm going to call you Bub right now. He said, you don't got the gift and don't think about it no more. <laughs> you know what? That did something in my heart. That did something in my heart. He told me later, he said, you know, if I'd worked with you and I could have helped you learn how to drive, and even though you're not necessarily gifted, my brother's gifted to drive, all my cousins, they're all gifted to drive trucks. They're good truck drivers. He said, you would have got to a point, you got your CDLs, and you know what you'd done? because of how you sometimes walk out love. He said, you'd been available for any time I needed somebody extra to run or run, and then the church would have been behind. He said, it wasn't your gift, it wasn't your place, and it wasn't your season. That helped me so much. I'm telling you, following God, we have trials and tests, but how many knows when we follow God and we get in our purpose and our place and our sweet spot and we grow and we move from milk to meat and we start seeing productivity, 
we start just living this thing out, not out of works, but out of relationship. How many knows this thing with God is a fun walk? How many say amen? And, and Paul told us here, look at Philippians chapter 4 with me, verse 6. He said there's some things here you can focus on to change the way you think. The Bible says that we can transform our mind with the Word of God. We can cast down thoughts. And then in verse 6 he says here, he's speaking to the church at, Ephesus, uh, at Philippi and to us too. He says, be, be anxious for nothing. The Amplified says, don't fret. Don't fret or have any anxiety about anything. How many has got something going on in your life right now? If you let yourself, you could fret. Worries, fears. If you let yourself, you could fret. How many's, got, how many's still raising children, raising grandchildren? How many's being a blessing and partnering with your children and capacities of life? And he says, he says, do not fret or have any anxiety about anything. Be anxious for nothing. But in every circumstance and everything by prayer and petition, definite requests. Just don't shotgun God with our prayers. Let's shoot a pistol. Let's shoot a rifle and be direct. Let's be direct about what we're believing for, what we're requesting for. And your requests will be made unto unto God. He says, continue to make your wants known to God. Verse 7, and the peace of God, that's what we desire to live in, is the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts, where our spirit lives, and our minds, our soul, our soul. Some of our souls have been damaged, like I said, but the washing of the water by the word will make it, it'll clean it up. Some of the damage we've had, you know, uh, you know, when we, how many here has a problem with snakes? How many here will run across the road and kill a snake? I mean, just scared. How many doesn't, snakes doesn't bother you? I mean, you, amen, you can pick them up and talk to them. How many of the rest of us just want to hunt them down and kill them? How many knows the best way to kill a snake is cut its? How many knows the best way to deal with a sin is to deal with the root or the head of it and cut it off? Like Jesus spoke to the fig tree. He spoke to the fig tree. You're not going to have any more figs. You're done. You're done in figs. He went in Jerusalem, cleansed the temple, did a teaching in the afternoon, stayed all night, come back the next morning, that fig tree dried up from the roots up. When you deal with the root, you don't have to worry about the fruit coming back. But if we don't deal with the root and just keep pulling the fruit off and throwing it away, it keeps coming back. And the root is ideas, arguments, and strongholds in our mind that we have bought into and listened to that you're not going to make it. Well, if, if I do it God's way, I'm going to get behind. I've heard this over and over. When I get this straight and that straight and this straight, I'll follow God. I said, you'll never follow God. Why do you say that? Because the, the enemy is going to keep you distracted. We have to make the sacrifice of grace and praise unto God to follow him. And then these other things follow. How many say amen? Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. All these things will be added unto you. The peace of God shall be yours. The Amplified says it's a tranquil state of a soul assured of its salvation through Christ. If you are assured of your salvation through Christ, you'll never be afraid of death. Death will not be, if you'll never deal with death, fear of death, because you have that peace. How many here has that eternal peace today? If you don't make it till dark tonight on this earth, you're going home to see Jesus. Raise your hand. That comes from the peace of God of knowing who you are, who the promises are, and what you have in Him. And it says, the peace of God shall guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. Now we're talking about the mind. We're talking about the helmet of salvation. We're talking about putting the surety of who we are, what we have, what belongs to us. The Bible says we put on the mind of Christ. 
The Bible talks about the state of the mind of Christ. And the, the Bible teaches us there are seven things that we can do daily to produce this peace that guards our hearts and our minds through Christ Jesus. Look at verse 8 with me right now. It says this, Finally, brethren, he says, here's seven things you can think on. Whatsoever things are true, key word true, everybody say true. Whatsoever things are noble, whatsoever things are just, whatsoever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatsoever things are of a good report, if there's any virtue, if there's anything praiseworthy, meditate, ponder, say out loud, rehearse, memorize these things. And then he takes it another level and he said, the things, Paul said, the things which you've learned and received and heard and saw in me, do these and the peace of God will be with you. So he gave us seven things to focus on daily to ensure the peace of God that protects our hearts and our minds. The Amplified says it this way. For the rest, whatever things are true, whatever things are worthy of reverence and honorable and seemingly, whatever things are just, pure, what is lovely and lovable, whatever is kind and winsome and gracious, if there's any virtue and excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on, weigh, take account of these things. And the last part of that verse in the Amplified says this, Fix your minds on them. Fix your minds on them. So, what are we focusing on? The number one thing is true things. You know what the true thing is today? How many here is born again on your way to heaven? That's true. You can always bring that back when the enemy wants to say anything contrary to the word of God. According to scripture, John 3, 6 and John 5, 24, you're born again, you've passed from death to life, we're on our way to heaven. How many can shout amen to that? Amen. Number two, noble things. You are righteous. You're acquitted of all sin and made the righteousness of God. You've been acquitted. God doesn't look at you as a sinner anymore. You're a saint saved by grace who sometimes makes a mistake. And in Romans chapter 6, we take the word where Paul talks about sin, we throw sinning into it. That's not every time you see the word sin, that's a noun. It's not a verb, it's a noun. And that represents our sinful nature of the old man. Before we knew Christ, before we were born again, the sinful nature we were born into. That's talking about dealing with the sinful nature of man every day. Number three, just things. You were transferred from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of God's Son in Colossians 1.13. We've been transferred. We've made the trip. We've got to catch our head up with our heart. Listen, guys. Catch our head up with our heart. Our heart is pure. Jesus lives in our heart. There is no guile in him. You've been, you were sanctified when he came into your heart, when he came into your life, when he gave you his spirit. You were sanctified and set aside for good works. That's why we're put here for. And not working our way into heaven. It's through our relationship with God that works follow us. I don't go to church because I'm supposed to. I go to church because I want to. I'll take it another level. I'm not talking about going to church. I'm talking about us being the church. Being the church at work, at school, at wherever we are. And just things. We've been transferred from the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of God's Son. Every time you open up the Word of God, it illuminates who we are, what we have, who He is. Pure things. 
Romans 8.15 tells us we've been adopted as God's child and welcome into the family. We're children of the Most High God. Children of the Most High God. There's no short arm with God. And He loves us and He wants us to prioritize everything we have to give Him. Put Him first. Pure things, true things, noble things. I'm not going to think doubt. I'm not going to think unbelief. I'm not going to get in the shame game. Anybody here raised in a culture of shame? Where you were ashamed to do things? You better be good in school. We're counting on you. I mean, what if I'm not good at school? What if I'm better at doing something with my hands and something with my head? I don't know how many people are in professions and callings and workplaces today that were shamed into them instead of led by the Spirit of God into them. 73% of all Americans on Monday morning go to work hating their jobs. That ain't right. How many say amen? And some of them have been called out and told to do that. Well, your granny said this, and your Uncle John said this. No, you find out what Father God says. How many say amen? You let him show you your equipment, your skills, and then you step into it, and, and you know, as it's discovered, it's developed, and then it's distributed. Lovely things. You were recreated, a brand new person. The old one's gone away, and the old and the new one is gone, and you're a brand new creature in Christ. Praise God, we need to remind ourselves of these things daily and, and just speak out what God says. You know, John, John again told uh, Gaius, he said, I want you to prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. Your prosperity physically, financially, emotionally, well, and spiritually will all tie to how your head's doing. Your head. I knew a guy once that was, he hauled hay for a living, and he hauled hay to Florida. This is a true story. I didn't know the guy. Guy told me it actually happened a long time ago. Had a big truck, a big truck for those days. He hauled hay from this area to Florida and sold it to the horse farm. And it got to a point that hay was tight, the money was tight, and he was losing 25 cents a bale on his, his trip back and forth. He's losing 25 cents a bale, and I think he could haul 300-some bales at a time. And here's what he said. He said, I need to get a bigger truck. How many knows you get a bigger truck and you haul 600 bales? You're still losing a quarter of a bale. How many say amen? His head was on crooked. You know, you're one step away, you're one thought away, you're one understanding of Scripture away from walking in a grace and a freedom. It also talked about a report of good things. You were placed in Christ. God sees you in Him. And if you remember anything this morning as I close, please remember this. Ephesians 1, verses 6 and 7 says, In Christ and in Him we've been found. Everybody say found. We've been forgiven. Everybody say forgiven. forgiven. And everybody say favored. Favorite. Let's say it again. Found. found. Forgiven. forgiven. Favored. Found. There's four of us paying attention. Lord, I don't know where they're going to eat today or if they're going to eat. Can you just pause that just for a minute in their mind? Where we're going to eat. No, seriously, God. We've been found in Christ. Now we're finding out who we are in Christ. We've been forgiven through Christ and the power of His blood and the cross. And we're highly favored. So when the enemy comes to depress you, confuse you, to bother me and you and tell us lies, you remind, him, you remind him, I've been found in Christ, I've been forgiven by Christ, and I'm highly favored by Christ, and I'm going to complete everything God's put on the inside of me. And let me leave you with this. Don't keep your dreams to yourself. Because there's people lined up to help motivate, propagate, and propel your dreams with you. Don't keep them hidden. Find out who you can trust. 
Don't be like Joseph. Don't just share it with your family right off the bat because they might put you in a hole and sell you a bunch of traveling slave traders. But find people who believe in you, who believe in God's destiny, who will promote you and encourage you and inspire you and share that with them so they can be an armor bearer to you when tough times come, when resistance come, when the devil tells you you're not going to make it and you keep listening to the Spirit of God and remind the enemy and yourself, I've been found in Christ, I've been forgiven by Christ, and I'm highly favored to finish this thing God has called me to do. I'm found, I'm forgiven, I'm favored. I don't care what it looks to nobody else. Don't let a cultural box push you in. Don't let people's words form a barbed wire fence around you and pour concrete over it. You find out what the Spirit of God has for you to do you ask the one who gave you the gifts, talents, and abilities, Christ himself, and you submit that to Father on the seasons and the times and the place to release that. And when you do, all God's blessings will meet up with you there. All God's blessings will meet up with you there. And guys, listen. There's no such thing as a parachurch. It's the church of Jesus Christ. And God wants us all just to come together and find our purpose and place in the the local body, because when, it, when things go down, when things go down and governments fail and princes and rulers and kings fall, there's one thing that's going to remain on the earth. That's God Almighty, His church, and His Spirit's going to remain. Amen. So get all you can get and give all you can give. Look for an opportunity to sow anytime you can in any capacity. Time, talent, ability, love, prayer. Because I'm telling you, this thing's going to get better and better. It's going to get tougher and tougher. But I'm telling you, we win. How many say amen? And there is a harvest out in front of us. There's a harvest of people. I'm telling you, the millennials are waiting for someone to love them, to listen to them, and to help guide them in their walk. And the Zers and Xers are the same, but they've got a voice. It wasn't like us older people. We were told what to do, when to do, keep your mouth shut. That's not the way they operate. And I'm not saying it's right, wrong, or indifferent, but that's not the way they operate. And you know what? Jesus took 12 young men and took three years to get the wrong thoughts out of their head to get the right ones in. Three years. And that's what that was about. I've got to take what's wrong in there and I've got to get it out. I've got to get it out because I'm relying on you to build this church on the revelation of my Father. And how many believe Jesus did a good job? Amen. Amen. I believe he's doing a good job with me and you. Turn to your neighbor and say, I'm found, I'm forgiven, and I'm highly favored. Father, I thank you today for the word. I thank you the word changes our life. I thank you one word from heaven directs us. Father, I thank you for seasons, helping us recognize the seasons and times and purposes. Father, lift up everyone in here today, and I pray protection over the word that you've spoken from an imperfect vessel. I thank you it's been a perfect word. Everyone here, something, somewhere fit in and answered questions or give direction or encourage or strengthen.